Colorado Avalanche are proud to select from Brooks, their Alberta Junior Hockey League. Get out the car! Drop it. He's got it. The car is in. Shoot! And he scores! Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. I'm Rudo3, that's AJ Hayfley. We are here on what is officially the third anniversary of the Avs drafting Kale McCarr, fourth overall, in the 2017 NHL draft. And what a ride it has been already. Uh, in just three short years, and really only one season with the Avalanche. But it's happy Kale McCarr Day nonetheless. AJ, are you ready to just get hype on Kale McCarr all day long? I am. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's funny. Of all the things that inspired the show, it was, uh, uh, it was a Facebook memory. Um, because I did my, what, weekly check on Facebook to see if my family members were still family members. Gotcha. <laughs> and uh, when I logged in, the at the top was um, a post that I had made when I was in Chicago covering the draft. And I started looking at the calendar, and I was like, oh, hey, look. This works out very nicely. Just Tuesday's so the day that we don't have anything going on, so yeah, we're yep. just going to do this instead. And so now this is the Kale McCarr show. And yeah, I mean that's that's really it. We were just we were just gonna talk about it today because it that's one of the the moments that changed this franchise around. It is. Uh we will jump into that in just a sec. While there was nothing going on, we did get a tiny bit of NHL news in that they're essentially entering phase two point five, as it were. Um, That's a good way to put it. With expanding the small groups of up to 12 players now instead of just six that it was before. So the groups are getting a little bit bigger, which is a bit interesting given, you know, everything that happened with the Tampa Bay Lightning and, and, and other players testing positive. Uh, they continue to push forward regardless with their schedule. So interesting. I, and as far as hockey coming back, certainly a step towards it, but we'll see how all of that plays out. In the meantime, let's talk about the man who should be the Calder winner this season in Kale McCarr. He's has not taken the standard path in, in any regard, really, to the NHL, from starting from Alberta Junior Hockey League and playing in Junior <clears throat> A. Yeah. And moving all the way on up, spending that second year in college as a fourth overall pick. But boy, has it worked out for him. Yeah, it it really you're right in that it's it's not the typical route because you look at a lot of the top defensemen that we've seen. Um, you know, Rasmus Dahlin played uh played up in the highest leagues in Sweden and playing pro hockey. Yep. You know, we we see guys go to major junior or um, are in the development program, the, the, the U.S. program, and then go on to college. With Makar, I mean, the AJHL just hasn't produced uh, 
very much high end talent. You know, Joel Colburn was a first round pick. Um, Colton Pareko was a mid round guy who developed into a stud, the stud that he is now. Kill McCarr as a and and I mean as a top five pick. The AJHL hadn't had anybody ever drafted out of it like that before. And and he was even a, a little old for his draft year. And then he, okay, well, he's going to go to college. And he's going to go to a college program as an elite prospect. Well, he went to UMass, which had won four games the year before he showed up. Yeah, the uh, franchise or rather a school that uh, the program was completely decimated. The coaches had left the year before. Kale McCarr was set to come there. And it was just a completely revamping program that had zero expectations. There were many people who thought Kale McCarr wasn't even going to stay committed. And yet, yeah, not, not only did he stay committed, he went there and immediately turned him around. That was that was part of the Kale McCarr is different. Us learning how different he was. Yep, was when he became an elite prospect because going into his draft year. He was not a guy that we talked about as a top five pick. He was not a guy that we talked about as a top five pick in December of that year. It, that he was he a late riser. Yeah, exactly. And you know, when we talk about this year's draft class, it's kind of fascinating because you wonder who would have been a Kale McCarr-esque guy, a guy that used the entire season to just continue to build that profile. I mean, not just the season, but we see guys rise based on the combine every single year. Right. Tyson Jost, great example of that. Um, Alex Newhook solidified himself as a a mid-first round pick uh, because of the U18s last year. For sure. When when he got moved to wing and had a very strong performance out there as, as a wing. So all of that, you know, it, it really, you know, it's, it's funny. We always, we always kind of come back to the crazy times that we're in now, yeah. <laughs> but it really does just drive it home. Like these are huge opportunities that this year's kids are missing out on. Yep. Um, and, and when McCarr did work his way into an elite prospect where, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, this kid is a stud. Even when they had a coaching change there, because they did. They had a coaching change. They they totally revamped everything. He stuck with UMass. You know, the, the elite programs in college hockey all came calling and said, look, we can find room for you. Are you serious? I mean, granted, Even if you're a one and done. The coaching change of the guy who coached Eric Carlson didn't hurt. Right. But- <laughs> like, Witten got a guy that was perfectly suited to for coach Kale him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Worked uh, out great. Uh, absolutely. I mean, and then obviously. even the second year, because the abs were ready. The abs after freshman year said, Hey, we're, we're good. If you are. And he took his time and he said, you know, I'm, I'm, I didn't get what I wanted out of my freshman year. I need one more year. I'm, I, I need to feel like I'm truly ready for that next level. And, you know, McCarr's maturity just continues to shine through at every turn. And, and then he shows up in the NHL 48 hours after losing the national championship and plays in a playoff game scores in a playoff game scores in the first period and the abs destroy Calgary that night. Yep. Obviously everyone knows they go on to win that series easily from there. Yeah. I really set the tone for 
the changing of that series as as a whole, and then just continued to earn trust in the San Jose series against a very that that's that Sharks team was really really damn good, yep. and he just didn't look out of place. And and then obviously he had the rookie year, and it's just it's just a different. He's just a different breed, uh, it, all across the board. For the record, officially, in my lifetime, since the day I was born, there has been no defenseman in the NHL as a rookie to have a better points per game than Kale McCarr. <laughs> so, this is you're talking about the best defensive rookie season in over 30 years. Yeah, and really, we were. Just think of how robbed we were. Not only did he miss the thirteen games, but the twelve games that they didn't get to play at the uh, on the back half. Yeah, it, I mean, McCarr legitimately could have scored. Took away twenty five games from him. Yeah, I mean, if you take just the games, forget the injuries. Take the games that were left in the season, with especially with other pieces like Nathan McKinnon going to be injured. McCarr was going to have to drive that bus. There, there's a chance he scores <clears throat> 60 points right. this year, it, including the injuries. If you remove the injuries, he could have pushed 65, 70. Right. That's um, where that's where he was. He, yep. he he was in that conversation where we could have been looking at Kale McCarr as one of the greatest one of the greatest rookie, rookie seasons, seasons ever. ever. Yeah. yeah, just ever. Um. Good question from a robberous in the chat here. Do you think Kale McCarr gets an A on his jersey in a few years? Uh, the most obvious one to be on the way out would be Eric Johnson's, presumably, as he kind of starts to age out. Yeah, I think it probably gets there. Yeah, you, you would target McCarr for that over uh, Miko or someone? Definitely. Yeah, no, Makar is just, um, when you're trying to build a culture of team success, and you know what, I, I think that, I think you it's really important, it's very instructive to look at the success that he's had on teams. Yeah. Because you look at, you look at the Brooks Bandits, they destroyed the AJHL. Now, having an elite prospect on their team, of course that helps, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's the AJHL. No other team is going to be able to compete with the the caliber of that one player, and so but, you kind of just dismiss that. You're like, meh. But you do it again and again and <clears throat> again, and eventually it's the rising tide that raises right. all ships, right? You, yeah. You, you end up your your freshman year at UMass, and you're clearly the star defenseman on Team Canada at WJCs frustratingly so to the point where the coaching staff won't play you in certain situations, but everybody, every time you step on the ice, you change the game. Everybody knows it. Yeah. (laughs) You finish, you know, you, he finishes as one of the top three players on the gold medal winning team. You know, he, the, the, he experiences great success in the junior a challenge. He goes to college hockey and it's like, Oh, well college, you know, surely this will stop. UMass went to the freaking national championship. He took a team from four wins to the national championship in two years. Like, won the Hobie Baker along the way. 
it's not just that he's an otherworldly player on the ice. It's not just what he can do in the game. It's who he is. Yeah. Because that you don't you you see so many guys that experience team success in juniors or certainly for team Canada on an international stage. But to to experience it at the level that Makar has, this is a guy whose teams just win everywhere he goes. Yeah, I, I've said this before. I forget if it was on this podcast or TDSP or whatever, but every team Cam Makar has played for in his life, he has had a significantly better second year. Yeah, than his first, and that's. I mean, that's should scare the bejesus out of the NHL. Yeah, exactly. That, like Kale McCarr, the Kale McCarr used this year to get a feel for the NHL and he's going to be using the rest of his career to bludgeon it to death. Exactly. He's, like, he's that dude, coming. Right. Like the best of Kale McCarr is on its way, but I just really want to drive home the point that Kale McCarr, the person like he's so team focused. He's so team oriented there is no way that Kale McCarr, the person, would have ever been able to find the kind of success that he has on every single team if he had not been wired the way that he is. It's it. It really is amazing too for a player of that caliber to to be able to stay so humble. I mean, everyone's seen the interview at the end of the season with Gabe talking about him for forty five seconds until McCarr has to finally tell him to shut up, basically. Yeah. Um, I know you've talked to him a couple times. I think you talked to him after his goal in Minnesota, right? And yeah. I asked him. I was like, so are you uh, – this became like a running thing that I would ask Makar. Is the NHL easy? And, like, I'm kidding, right? <laughs> but he would – every time I asked him, he would he would laugh, and he would be like, these are the best players in the world, AJ. <laughs> and I'm like, right, and look what you're doing to him. <laughs> yeah. And he'd be like, you know, I – I got lucky, you know, it was really my teammates put me in great positions and I closed my eyes and I shot and like I scored, you know, is what, what can you say? And I'm like, Oh, okay. So luck just sort of follows you around then. And he's no, no, not like, you know, I'm, uh, you know, my teammates, they're great. I don't deserve any credit. I don't deserve any praise. And I'm just like sitting there and looking at him. I'm like, he knows. He knows. He's looking right back at me. And he knows that what he's telling me is, is like, but he won't do it. He won't yep. take the credit. He won't, yep. he won't grandstand. He won't thump his chest. He won't even, he won't even allow other than being in person with him and him cracking that smile and being like, LOL. We both know what's up. He won't say it out loud. Yeah. Like it's that supreme inner confidence, but he he it it translates in such a way, you know, personality wise that he is all about team success. For sure. And I think I think that's what's going to separate him from because you know in hockey being a team player is the norm. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's you know, that's just how it is. That that's part of hockey's culture is you are one with the team. You know, you're, you're, it's the, the, the bigger goal. Always team first. But there's a lot of these guys are, I mean, they're the best in the world at what they do. A lot of these guys are very, very confident 
in themselves to the point where they're like, yeah, I'm the man. <laughs> and you could see like they, they've grown up in this culture that has told them they need to act a certain way, but you could see certain guys don't have that same feeling. Yep. They have that feeling like I'm awesome. Right. Certainly. Uh, not quite as humble as Kale McCarthy. Right. And it's just, it's like, it's not to say that that's bad or it's just different. Yeah. It's 100%. just a, you know, it's just a, a certain kind of swagger. And with McCarr, <clears throat> McCarr knows he's, he's the man. He doesn't need to, to say it out loud. Yeah. He just says, look, I'm going to go out on the ice and I'm going to do it. Let and play talk. Yeah. we're going to win. And when we win, then that's what's up. When we don't, then I don't want to talk about it. I will drink to that. So it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Sadly, all I have is a Coors Light can here. but All I have is chocolate milk that I'm drinking straight from the container. So, well, then you can't go wrong with that. I'm fine. <laughs> but if you want Breckenridge Brewery instead of our off-brand stuff, you can always get it at the farmhouse, whether it be the Mile High City Copper Lager, the Hot Peak, the Colorado Core, you name it, any other Breck brew you're looking for. You can go down there and pick it up from noon to 8 p.m. every single day and get $5 off when you use code DNVR. Just give them a call at 303-803-1380 or go to your local Davidson's liquor store, grocery store, gas station, and find your Breckenridge Brewery there. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I'm excited about Kale McCarr, but I'm curious... (laughs) Without letting the hype train go completely off the rails. Nope. Well, today's about. <laughs> all right. All right. So what what are your totally unreasonable expectations for point totals out of this kid? Let's start with next year and let's go with his whole career. Um, oh, geez. I'll start by saying, according to my last count, which does not include a couple of posts near the end of the season, so it might not be correct, but. Kale McCarr had 15 posts this year. Now, posts are not always created equal. Some probably should have gone in. Some probably shouldn't have gone in. But in a world where McCarr plays an 82-game season and just gets lucky at every turn, you're looking at a 30-goal-scoring defenseman. Yeah. So... That in and of itself is incredibly impressive. And this season he had 50 it's, points with well, 38 assists. So it's stupid that we say that so casually. Yeah. Just like, yeah, no, you because it's happen. like, because we're like, look, if he gets lucky at every turn, things really break his way. Yeah. He's a 30 goal guy. Yep. We talk about other defensemen. If, if Sam Gerard gets, if, if he gets lucky at every turn and things break his way, He's like you're a twelve goal guy to get like ten out of him. Yeah, <laughs> it's like ten to fifteen where you're like, eh, that's probably about how it would go for Sammy. Yep, but McCarr I, just he just creates he creates shots in a different way, and he gets him. He doesn't have to worry about getting it through traffic because he didn't shoot from the point very much. <laughs> True enough. Just he to... he dances in and and finds shooting lanes, and the way that he can control the puck in tight spaces. And combine that with his unbelievable edge work makes it so that like he can do whatever the hell he wants with the puck when, especially on a power play where there's extra space, 
you have to send two guys high at him to to keep him from moving. You want him at the point. If you're if you're an opposing team, Kale McCarr shooting from the point is about as good an outcome as you can He's get. He's still gonna beat you there sometimes, but yeah, beat because you way can, more often deeper in the zone. Yeah. He'll he'll feather passes. He'll he'll you you get too high on him, and he's got Rantanen and McKinnon on yeah, either side for exactly. one timers. And that's what I'm saying. If you can get Kale McCarr to shoot from the point, that's the best from a outcome PK of a bunch of bad outcomes. Yeah. That's that's the one thing you're like, please, we will take our we'll take our chances with that. Yeah. Again, to do some historical comparison in my lifetime, two defensemen ever have scored 30 goals. Uh, Mike Green and Brent Burns? Mike Green and Kevin Hatcher. Brent Burns had 29. Uh, Um, Kevin Hatcher, my gosh. Yeah, right. Talk about a season where everything went right. I was one year old when that happened. (laughs) Hashtag memories. But either way, the point of these historical comparisons that I'm trying to make is the NHL, especially when it comes to prospects, throws the word generational around a lot. Yeah. It actually applies to Kale McCarr, in my opinion. He is actually the best defenseman of this next coming generation. He'll he'll be in that group, right? Like there's 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 a group of four that I think are really going to define the next generation of defensemen. Mm-hmm. And it's it's McCarr, Dolan, Haskinen, and Hughes. Yep. Those are the four guys that I think you're... If you have one of those four, you're in great shape. Yeah. I, that's kind of how I felt on the roundtable today, which I don't know if it's up or not. I it's not because it's I not, haven't been able to decide yet. Nah, it was a hard decision for me. Yeah. Too. So when whenever, I wrote it before I went to bed last night, I was like, oh, this will be pretty easy. It's yes, Kale McCarr, it, obviously. And then I, I got up and I was like, I clicked into it writing and I was like, oh, I choose Kale McCarr 10 times out of 10. And then by the end of my paragraph, I was like, oh, maybe I tough. don't. <laughs> yeah, I I'm torn between my endless belief in Kale McCarr's ceiling and the logic part of my brain that's like, oh, By- Bowen Byram could be an all-star himself. And, you know, because I haven't allowed myself to go there with Byram at all. You, it's so hard to because it it feels like the luck's going to run out eventually, right? Like you hit a Kale McCarr and that's taken up 90% of your prospect budget. <laughs> well, I'm like you got, you got Sammy G in a trade. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, man. This this went from a franchise that couldn't couldn't find a defenseman to hey can't miss they're gonna all get, of a sudden, yeah. They're gonna get some form of NHL or out of Connor Timmons too. Yep. So wow, that's a great little trio right there. And then and then with Bo and Byron, it's like you you and I have it's so funny just to to think about since we're in the Kale McCarr cast right now. Sure. That you and I have tempered so much of the expectations of Byron for, for Byram. Yep. Like these guys were both drafted fourth overall. And then the D plus one year, Byram's Byram's D plus one year was fantastic. Significantly better than McCars. Yep. It was significantly better than what McCar did at UMass in his freshman year. But McCar had McCar was so special from that moment on that it's hard to believe that, like, okay, well, not knowing what's next for Byram, 
I mean, here the Avalanche have been down this road before, right? And I was doing the same thing that I wasn't with the NVR yet, but they took Miko Ran in tenth overall. Yeah, he immediately jumps into the AHL and slays it. And obviously, the thirty-eight points he had in the terrible year is what it is. But he led the team in goals as a rookie that year, even. Yeah. And then the Avs had taken Tyson Jost tenth overall uh, before the terrible year, and. Right from the beginning, I was like, Miko Rantanen is not your normal 10th overall pick, all right? You can't be comparing Tyson Jost to that. Yeah. And that's kind of where I stand with Bowen Byram and the Kale McCarr situation as well. Look, Bowen Byram might be great. I think he will at very least be an extremely solid top four defenseman for the Avalanche. No doubt. Yeah. Maybe he's something more than that, but people are going to compare him to Kale McCarr and it's just not fair. It's not. And, and for us, I, I don't want to say something's missing from Byram, but at the same time, it also feels obvious. He's not McCarr. No, and that doesn't feel like a slight people that give you the, the McCarr feeling in your stomach in the NHL on your fingers. Like, right. There aren't I mean, that many people that can do that. To be honest, it, neither neither Hughes nor Haskinen do it for me either on I the agree. same level as Makar and, and Rasmus Dahlin. Those are the two guys that I think separate and, and have like truly dominant. Haskinen and Hughes, great players, all-star right. caliber players, no doubt about it. But there are certain players that they get the puck and everybody in the building is on the edge of their seat immediately. Yeah. And it's that players like that are just special. They don't come around very often. Right. So we talk about them in such rare terms because they are, and it just, it's, it's funny because it, it almost doesn't feel that way in Colorado because they have two guys like that in McCarr and McKinnon where you're just like, anytime those guys touch the puck, you, you know something breathtaking could be coming. Yep. Something sure. something totally silly, you know, could also be coming. You know, there are lots of silly highlights of McKinnon trying to do too much and getting himself blown up or falling down along the wall or, you know, and turning the puck over. and, it's and still him the NHL like, and everyone's still real, real good as it turns right. out. But. Exactly. But being able to elevate above that and do something special. I mean, that's something that those two guys have. And it almost just feels like it's, it's easy to take that for granted because we see it every day. And you look at, I mean, you look at Dallas with a guy like Haskinen, Yep. you know, what's, what's the biggest fear when you play the stars. And it's really just their goaltending. Like you'll live with their star players. You'll, You'll take your take. You'll take your chances with Colorado Stars against Dallas Stars. Ha! Got him. Nope. Didn't didn't mean for that to to be that punny, <laughs> but um, it it's like the goaltending is what kind of scares yeah. you because it's been so good for the Stars. Ben Bishop shows up and just bodies you. Then he bodies right. you, but and you're just like, well, that sucks. And and that's that's one of the things that that scares you is. And where Colorado is going to be such a threat out west for so many years is the star power is exceptional. 
It's not just exceptional. It's extremely young. Well, and and it's so high end. Like Miko Ranton in multiple eighty point years, and Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon, and then if Byram turns into something, if Newhook turns into something, you know, Burakovsky could be a guy that scores twenty five goals for the next five years, and he could be like the fifth best guy on the team. Right? It's like ridiculous. Sam Sam Gerrard is is a is a little itty bitty star in the making. And we're never going to talk about him moving forward. Yep. he's. There's a very real world where this team is winning cups with Sam Gerrard as third banana on defense. And like... Uh, <laughs> there's so much talent coming, too. Like, you look at the team and you're like, wow, this team's really good as it is. Oh look, Alex Newhook just had a ridiculous right. year. <laughs> oh, and and like then you go down, you look in the AHL, and you're like, Martin Cow just had a big time breakout in the second half with the Eagles. Shane yep. Bowers, same thing. Yep. Connor Timmons, same thing. All of those guys are going to push to be impact NHL players. They may not be high end guys. Like I don't think Shane Bowers is ever going to be a fifty point guy. For reasons we just stated, they don't have to be. They right, have the star power. He could be one of the league's best third line centers. Exactly. And oh man, if 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 that turns out, <laughs> it's yeah, it's really it, hard. Like I'm, I try really hard to to avoid just the natural like, oh, you guys are huge homers. And and be like, oh, of course you guys think the Avs are favorites. Oh, of course you think they're the best, you know? Because you have, you go through, you go through the internet and you read these guys in Vancouver who are like, Vancouver would smoke the Avs if everybody. Yeah, was that Twitter and, thread was wild. And you're like, and you're like, okay, like these guys are all freaking high. They have no idea. Like they are drinking that Kool Aid hardcore, and it's like. This that's that's how it really feels in Colorado right now. Is that there isn't a single series out west that scares me. Yeah, I I'm pretty much with you. I, there are teams I would rather the Abs face. Ones I think they would have certainly better chances against, but they they can win every single series. I I no team, not just out west, but in the entire league. I don't think. At worst, they're like the smallest of dogs. Yeah, definitely. And well, and I think one of the bigger X factors that you have for the abs is like you just don't if you're if you're game planning against Colorado, you just don't know what Caleb McCarr is going to do to you. Yep. It like like flat out like you don't you don't know if that guy look at that last game against the Rangers. There's no Nathan McKinnon, no Nazem Kadri, no Miko Rantanen, no Andre Burakovsky, and he has three points. Because he can. Like, the the dude is just on a, a different plane of existence. Yep. 100%. He, I, I'm running out of ways to say that he's special, so it's yeah. time to take our second period break here. Right up. And... You can join us on the links with WGT Golf. Head on over to dnvrgolf.com to download and search for DNVR2 to join the DNVR Clubhouse. We have a ton of events. Every other weekend, we have a big tournament. We also are going to have our first Clubhouse versus Clubhouse going on as we have two clubhouses. 
because we just have that many members, that many people to play with. And even outside the clubhouse, you can play with more than 20 million players around the world on WGT Golf and play amazing different types of games. You can play a one-hole match. You can play stroke play, match play. You can go play some top golf in there closest to the hole. You name it, you can play it on real-to-life courses like Famous Pebble Beach, Bethpage Black, many other major courses around the world. So go ahead and download WGT Golf today. Again, at dnvrgolf.com, and be sure to join the clubhouse. We also today have Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee that has really changed lives. You can, of course, now purchase it in K-Cups for your Keurig or the original whole bean and ground options as well. The CBD itself is not psychoactive, and it's been known to reduce many different aches and pains, including migraines, back pain, even help with things like anxiety. So give it a try today, and when you purchase, you can get 20% off when you use code DNVR20. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast, or I guess today, it's the Kale McCarr show. Um, The thing about McCarr is I cannot speak to the Broncos of the 80s and early 90s, really, and, and things like that. But I'm looking down the history of Colorado Avalanche draft picks. And I'm wondering, not just hockey-wide, but in Colorado sports history-wide, who are some of the most important draft picks ever? In the more recent years, obviously, you have Nathan McKinnon. For the Nuggets, you have someone like Nikola Jokic. Uh, Yeah. Where does Kale McCarr fall in, in the history of... Colorado drafted players. So Jokic, Jokic would be interesting because, you know, he was infamously drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. Yeah, right. Uh, because he was just, he was drafted in the second round, you know, like mid-second round too. It wasn't like was, it was very tip top. Was not a superstar when it came to the draft. Right. Like there were no expectations. It was like, hey, this guy has some interesting skills. Um, We'll see what happens. And then obviously he turned into a monster. Yeah. No, with McCarr, I think the com- I think the easy comparable is Vaughn Miller, because it was it was coming off of years that were embarrassing for the organization. You know, the Avs with the forty eight point season, sure, and uh, the Broncos picking second overall. It's just not an straight it's up just, bottoming out. Yeah, it's not an area where the Bron- the Broncos pick. Yep, not something that they do, and. You know, they've in in my lifetime, the Broncos have only had, I think, two top five picks. I again don't follow the NFL draft as closely as many, but I can only remember one. So, so well, they had Bradley Chubb and, and Von okay. Miller. There you go. Yeah. And so maybe, I don't remember any maybe one in the early 90s as well. Anyway, point is, it's not a common thing. Certainly. And Von Miller is on his way to the Hall of Fame. Um, easily and helped, helped change that franchise around. And the other thing was, is in the big games, you look at his playoff career, his postseason career, Von Miller elevated, you know, he's got a Super Bowl MVP to, to go with everything else. And so when you're looking at Kale McCarr on that kind of level, he's the Von Miller is the comparable, the guy that 
you know, Denver had never had a dominant pass rusher before in its history. They'd had they'd had guys who came in and did well, you know, the Elvis Doomervilles who who had very good pass rushing years, but they'd never had a truly dominant all pro, all world, everything pass rusher that could change games the same way that the abs had never been able to draft a, a defenseman that could come in and, and change games and live up to all of the hype of a top pick. You know, yeah. we've seen uh, McCarr was what their fourth top five pick in 10 years, nine years, because you had Duchesne, Landeskog, McKinnon, and then McCarr with Branton and Jost as top 10 picks. Yep. And so, like, they did a great job with all of those picks. It's really hard to fault them on any of those selections. Yep, for sure. If you were to if you were to line up all of those draft classes and say, oh, these guys are the top guys in these draft classes, the abs would have done very well in each of those. Yeah, the only one that didn't feel great was Jost, and even he's, I think, like 12th in scoring or something. Yeah, like he's, class, he so. will, I think Jost will end up a top 10-ish, borderline-ish yeah. player of that draft class. Right. So, which is really, again, what you need to know about that draft class, is that it was yep. a tough year. Yep. But with Makar, I mean, he's, he can be kind of that face of the next wave. You know, Nathan McKinnon will obviously be there. Landis Gog, we assume, will be there depending on how the contract stuff goes. Um, but it's really, it's really Kale McCarr. McCarr. Is the team ceiling, what I'm trying to say is the team ceiling might be McCarr's. I, yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, in part because he is a defenseman. And, Let's just be honest about it. The defensive position is at a significantly higher premium in the NHL. Yeah. It, it, there's half as many people that play that position, and it's significantly harder to get one when it comes to things like free agency or a trade. You have to overpay. Yeah. And the Avs solve that problem you, by just finding one in the draft. Right. Well, and that's the hard part, too, is because – that guy, you know, the that guy needs to be available, and then you need to make the pick, yep. and then everything has to go right after that. Right. Where defenseman development is, it's not as bad as goaltender development, where you have no idea how the hell that's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> but getting that high, high end defenseman, even when you, even if you have a top five pick every single year, go back the last ten years and look at every defenseman drafted in the top five. If you drafted all of those guys, how good would your defense have been? It there were moments, right? Yep. Like you would have you would have hit on some guys that Haskin and and McCarr happen to be in the same draft class is actually kind of amazing. Yeah. It it is rare. I mean, having both of them in the class is extremely exceedingly rare to get two all-star caliber defensemen. Not just all star, but you know, borderline right. top ten players in their position in the league. Yeah, it certainly should be in the future, I would think. But you just the draft is just so funny like that because you have no idea what's coming. I mean, down the line, 
when you draft a player, you have to project. And yeah, sometimes the projection is Kale McCarr nuking everything and shattering the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Other times it's Duncan Siemens. Right. Well, and I mean, you go back through first round, you know, top 10 history mm -hmm. with defensemen and like the Kale McCars of the world are, they're the rare ones. You know, you had like in 2011, you had Dougie Hamilton and Jonas Brodin and, and Duncan Siemens and Ryan Murphy all drafted four consecutive picks. Yep. That's like one bust, one borderline player, one very good defensive defenseman, and one all pro. Like a true, like does everything in Dougie Hamilton. Yep. That's four guys in the top 12. And that's the, the first defenseman taken in that draft was Adam Larson. Who's like, Okay, he's had like a solid career. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking through picks here. Uh, obviously, some more recent ones that are obvious that with defensemen, it's it's so difficult. Eric Carlson was picked 15th overall. Yeah. Brent Burns was picked 20th overall. And look, I'm and not as saying, a forward, right? Not, not even as a defenseman half the time. Yeah. So it. It's it, it's an example of why it's it's hard to project defensemen to the next level where you consistently get these extremely high caliber defensemen well outside the top ten. But right, well, in, in the one year where defensemen were, because you look at top drafting in the top ten, top fifteen, or whatever. It's it's always very forward heavy because they're much easier to project. They're much safer to project. And there are more guys that just stand out. But you even look at, go back and look at 2012, where eight, I think eight of the top 10 picks were defensemen. That should have, that should have changed the league. Yep. And some of those guys ended up great. You know, Morgan Riley is really good at what he does. Didn't. <laughs> Like Hampus Lindholm, Matt Dumba, Jacob Truba, these are all really good players. Yeah. But then you look at Slater Cuckoo, Derek Pouliot, Griffin Reinhardt, and Ryan Murray. Yeah. Half of the guys that were taken, eight defensemen taken in the top 10, half of them have not panned out. It's so hard to project teenage defenders into the NHL as quality players in their primes. It's so hard. Yep. And that the abs have got that they hit a grand slam with Kale McCarr. Changed their whole franchise. Straight up. Changed it, the, it changed everything. Basically, had Kale McCarr come in and just replace Tyson Berry's production and, and been like a very similar player where it's like really good offensive player. Defense very questionable. Yeah. Yeah. Very questionable defensively. You don't know how he's going to do, how he's going to develop. And you kind of have to cater a lot of your play style on the ice to that guy. You have to let him kind of be wild and do the thing. Yep. Then, you know, like you would have been happy with that because you get to reset the clock and you get to save the money and that would have been fine. It would have been a slight disappointment with the top five pick, but you would have been happy. You have one of the better offensive defensemen in the NHL. But for them to have done what they did with Makar so far, 
knowing what we know and believing what we believe. It it sets them up for cups. Exactly. Kale McCarr took them from a playoff team that's trying to work itself into a contender to a contender by himself. He is he's the type of player that makes you go, oh, this team could win a cup. And yes, of course, you know, that requires Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and all the other pieces as well. You win a cup as a team, but it was a slower building process where the Avs were finding their footing, starting to get back to the playoffs consistently. And then all of a sudden you drop Kale McCarr in and you're talking about them as pushing to win cups. <laughs> yep. So I don't I don't know if I have anything else to say other than Kale McCarr is really real, 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 real good. Yeah. He rocks. So I guess we're going to get out of here for today on that note. Hope y'all enjoyed a little fun one here about Kale McCarr with it being the three-year anniversary of the Avs drafting him. Figured we'd have a little fun show for you. Uh, tomorrow we have breaking down the Anaheim Ducks season, how to improve them with Felix Sicard. And then, yeah, we'll have two more shows for you throughout the rest of the week, including Free Skate Friday, all of that. Have some other stuff in the works, hopefully, here pretty soon for you as well. So looking forward to all of that. And other than that, I guess we are going to get out of here for the day. Of course, sponsored by DraftKings, the number one sportsbook app here in Colorado and around the U.S. Highly recommend you get on in on the action as soon as you can because DraftKings have you covered with amazing bets, whether it be their odds boosts or just straight up betting on pretty much any sport you can imagine. Russian table tennis, they got it. Korean baseball, they got it. NASCAR, golf. Hockey when it returns. Betting on basketball futures. You can bet on uh, the Swedish Hockey League. There was a while there where you could bet on the Swedish Hockey League. No, sorry. It was the Finnish Hockey League. The Liga were playing shortened games of 10-minute periods. You want to bet on that? You can bet on it on DraftKings. So if it's out there, DraftKings has it for you to bet on. Get in on it now because they are even giving you a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 when you sign up and use code DNVR for a limited time. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out with that sign-up bonus, so be sure to jump on it while it's still around. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match each up to $500 deposit bonus requires 25 X play through restrictions apply. See draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 and we will see y'all tomorrow. <laughs>